All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's open up this notebook. Uh, look in there, flip the page. Let's see Danny's birthday. How I'm gonna kill Danny? The, oh, shouldn't. Okay. Uh, oh, Electra Performance Open Godcast 25 is a discount code you can use for Electra Performance. You want to get thick, mean, lean, and swole like Pedro Serrano, our guest here. Use the code, damn it. Uh, my name is Jake Watson. That was a low effort, high intensity electric performance ad. We love you, Alex Cerner and Alex Bryce and all the guys down there in San Diego who are running a great program. Thank you for your support. Uh, make sure you use our discount code. Again, you want to get strong, you gotta gotta use it. So, Danny O'Donnell, Jake Watson, Open Guard Cast. Today is Wednesday, the 9th of December, and we're joined by up and coming Black Belt who just had uh, I just saw him in American Nationals. His name is Pedro Serrano. Pedro, how are you? Dude, I'm doing great. Thanks for the intro. Freaking amazing. <laughs> Dude, I'm out sure. here just fading out. If 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 my brain, if you could give a brain steroids, I guess that would be Adderall, right? But I'm not on Adderall. <laughs> it says you see what I just did. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it's great to have you on. I talked to to Pedro. Uh, those of you who are listening or watching on YouTube, but we uh. Talked to, I talked to Pedro at American Nationals, and it was good to see him again. You know, I mean, American Nationals, along with Pan Ams and all these other tournaments that have been happening lately, have, almost have felt like kind of a jiu-jitsu reunion. Uh, a lot of people have been able to compete, and, you know, our hearts go out to all, everybody down in, you know, Brazil and, and, and places not the United States that can't come here for all these tournaments. But it was nice to see everybody again. Pedro Namely, who's on our show right now. Um, how has everything been with, like, just before we get into Danny's way better at asking questions than I am because he has a fully functioning brain. But uh, how has everything been with like, you know, quarantine and, and everything like that? How have you been handling it? Dude, quarantine. Um, in the beginning, when it first happened, when we were quarantined, it wasn't that bad for me because I had a rib injury. So either way, I was resting. And then and then it got worse because uh, I started to train. And then for training, I had to start traveling like just a bit. I had to drive like to down to like Pasadena. I was training some friends. And for like a couple more months until I opened up my own gym during this quarantine. Sounds crazy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, nice. sounds crazy. we had a great offer, so then we had to take it. Like, Congratulations. Man, awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, do you want to talk about the, the gym a little bit? Like, obviously, I'm sure there were a lot of challenges with opening it during COVID times. And like, what, what was, uh, what was like, the, the main reasoning behind opening it at this time? The main reason was just because like an opportunity came like where my friend was selling his gym for like really low, like because he couldn't like keep it during this whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. and then I had my friend, uh, partner, like we always like plan on having a gym, but like way later down the future. But this opportunity came up. So then we just jumped on it. And yeah, that's how it came to be. It's <laughs> awesome. What's the gym called? Ultra Jiu Jitsu. Ultra we tried to get a GB affiliate, but we, well, we were unable to because there's a GB nearby here. So it's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you, okay. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, well, you ask your question, Danny. I'll ask my question next. So I was just going to ask, like, you just competed nationals. I'm sure. Did you compete Pan Ams as well? No, I couldn't. Uh, Pan Ams, I was down. I didn't have enough points. Oh, actually, no. What happened? When was Pan Ams exactly? I forgot. Uh, that was, end of October, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, it was. No. It was. I, I, I hurt myself June. That's why I didn't compete Pan Ams because we didn't uh, need points at that point, at that part. I yes. tore my ACL, my meniscus in June. Oh man, I rough. I was oh, resting. Oh my god, it's rough. I know, I know. It's terrible. Wow. <laughs> Wait, okay, so you opened did you need surgery? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't do surgery. Uh, I just been strengthening it and like rehabbing, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's, yeah. <laughs> so you you have had an extra crazy year. So COVID hit. You opened a gym. I know. You had a major knee injury, and then you went to nationals after rehabbing it and doing all that. So. 
Man, that's just, that's probably the craziest COVID year we've heard on the podcast, right, Jake? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough, <laughs> man. Emotions like, oh man, happy, sad, upset. I don't know. It's so crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. I w- what I was gonna ask was, and this may be kind of an awkward question, but being a Gracie Baja student and having a gym that is not a Gracie Baja affiliate, you still wear your Gracie Baja gi while you coach, or do you have like a gi sponsor that now you, when you're coaching and you're running your academy, you're able to wear that gi? So for the gym, before we're doing like any, any gi goes, but right now we got like actual gym geese just to like, so it looks nicer. Like when everybody wears one gi, I think it looks nicer that way. And that's like through just like we get like plain geese with the embroidery of the team. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. My my professor does the same thing. We, uh, he has a, we sell our academy geese and he prefers like, you know, all white geese very traditional so uh yeah it's pretty i just want i just thought about that conundrum in my head and i wondered how uh you were handling it but that's i mean hey yeah cool. but for the tournaments i'm wearing the sponsor with the gb patch just to sort of present mm-hmm. and who are you sponsored by uh albino and preto nice oh, that's awesome a, man, that's, that's a cool get a cool yeah, gb sponsor that's a great sponsor man i saw uh there's a there's a a white belt in my academy i don't actually <laughs> say white by the way i said it as comedic effect but uh, his name is samuel leaserman and Sam has been just steady messaging the podcast page. He's a friend of mine, and I figure I'd finally give him a shout out. Maybe he'll stop messaging the page. I'm just joking. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he has a teenage mutant ninja turtle gi made by Albino y Preto. So it's like, man, I saw that gi and I was like, that is the most like I love I love gis that take a step outside the box. But that is the most ridiculous looking gi, and <laughs> because man, it's like green and orange and purple and white. And I'm like, dude, like this is just so many, so many colors. It's like a plate of vegetables, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I, I think it's hilarious, but he will tell me, he's like, Jake, this is the coolest gi you've ever seen. You need to stop fronting. Uh, but yeah, shout outs to him. I think Albino Preto has like, it's a cool gi. It's a cool gi company. Sure, yeah, I, that gi right there. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> how long have you been sponsored by them? Um, just the beginning of this year. I think it was like right after I won Nogi World. Like Congratulations. Right awesome. awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So you had a crazy COVID year and it, I definitely want to get back more into like nationals and Nogi Worlds and that type of stuff. But do you want to start just talking by like, uh, talking about how you got into Jiu-Jitsu or martial arts in general? Um, I got into Jiu-Jitsu. Um, me and my friend, we wanted to start boxing, right? This was when I was like 16. So we went to an MMA gym that we live nearby. So then when we walked in um we signed up first day and all they had at the moment was like muay thai and jujitsu they marketed it as boxing gym too like mma gym but they never really had boxing classes so then i was like forced <laughs> to jiu-jitsu and muay thai that was fun <laughs> nice so then at, at one point did you come to a point where you kind of gave gave up the muay thai and just stuck strictly to jujitsu yeah i only did muay thai for like two weeks and then, like, during that time, I was doing jiu-jitsu, too, and I was, like, I enjoyed jiu-jitsu more. I found it, like, way more fascinating. Like, when I was learning about, like, Americanas, like, Kimuras, I was, like, whoa. I was, like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Was that, the fir- was that the first technique you ever learned? Was it Americana or a Kimura? No, the first you technique remember? I actually learned was just, like, basic shrimps. Like, I remember because, like, uh, the whole, like, it was, like, one class. It was, like, the higher belts on one half and then, like, white belts on the other half. Mm-hmm. And the white belts, they're only allowed to do, like, let's say, like, basic drills and then like one technique and it's usually like a position so like mount guard or something like this and then then it kept like evolving where then we were allowed to go to the other side and then learn techniques that's awesome man i you know i saw uh the reason why i asked that i saw ricardo amendolia who uh, yeah i was just gonna bring that up show. yeah <laughs> he said what was the first technique you ever learned danny what's the first jiu-jitsu technique you ever learned 
So his was actually his post was actually what's the first submission you learned? Oh yeah, yeah, so, okay, okay. yeah. The first submission I learned was a cross choke from close guard. Really? Yeah. See, mine was a really bad variation of an armbar from mount. <laughs> it was would well, well, never was catch about anybody. It. Okay. So you know, armbar <laughs> from mount. It's pretty tight. You flip your leg into like an S. So you you go into S mount before you go into the armbar. You like you make your leg parallel with their body so it's tight. He, uh, the way I learned it was grab the wrist, pull it up as hard as you can, hand on the mat next to their head, pop up to both feet, and throw your <laughs> leg over. So, that, but I was I was at a Taekwondo school, and that's just no no disrespect to uh, Eric Mendoza, my karate instructor, but he was a jujitsu blue belt. Like he was just trying to teach us self defense, you know. So it's mm-hmm. I I was eight years old, so it's like it's not like I'm you know like oh dude was awful. It's like dude, come on, I'm getting the best that I could. Um, but I did find out later that that was not exactly the way I would armbar somebody at IBJJF tournament. If I went for that, my professor would probably hit me in the face with his sandal. Um, so yeah, no, definitely not going for that nowadays, but it was Pedro, fun. What about you? What was the first submission you ever learned? Man, I honestly don't remember. I, I'm, I'm, I think Americana probably Americana. It was. Yeah. I feel like that's a common one. A first like Americana from Mount people show yeah. that a lot. It's really funny. I uh, I, I feel like it's also funny. Do you do you coach uh, you have kids classes at your academy? Do you coach yeah, the kids yeah, classes yeah. or someone else? Okay, so have you noticed that like do you teach to kids? Do you teach it as Americana or key lock? Americana. Okay, okay, okay. So we teach it as key lock at my academy, and I and I told one of the kids who was like, hey, J- hey, Coach Jake, is this also called Americana? And I was like, yes, and like five year old girl, <laughs> and then some other you know six year old boys like what? It's like it's called a key lock, and I'm like, oh gosh, that's why. That's why you should pick one. <laughs> the kids are mean, but that's awesome. Do you enjoy teaching kids, man? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I've been teaching kids for a while now since mm-hmm. I was like. Uh, I think it's they're the future, but they they also drive you crazy. They're for like sure. the. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Especially after training, like you train in the morning, got to come back. You backs already. You're like, yeah. Jimmy, not now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny danny teaches kids too now i like asking some of the guests how they feel about teaching children because danny does as well and danny's like becoming a little bit of a coach now so we're like ooh, okay and i like danny danny's a great teacher um if i ever do like an instructional i always want to take danny with me uh so that he can kind of like we can go on seminars together hopefully one day if you're listening to this and you have a gym just know pedro first because he's on the show pedro call pedro <laughs> before us us. oh for sure i would much rather that somebody if somebody were like hey i heard pedro's on the open guard because i want him at my school for a seminar i'd be like yes that's the whole point let's do it that'd be awesome uh thank you of course (laughs) so how long were you at that first academy before you started training with hamalo at gracie baja um man around like because i lived in lancaster before so i was in mm-hmm. that academy for like let's say two months and then like everybody moved to this different academy so then i was like forced to move just because the professor i guess like left from that gym so then i was like forced to move like i went to like throughout all the gyms in that area in lancaster so then i probably like i'll say two years staying in lancaster until i actually moved to northridge awesome so that's definitely something I think we'll have a lot of questions about because that's like a really famous jiu-jitsu gym. Obviously, Hamla Bahal is at the head of it. You have like Argis and Edwin Najmi, Victor Silverio, like so many tough guys. So yeah. like what was it like when you when you first walked in the door? Like how was it different from your other gym? 
and it's like the intensity it's like it's everything is different like it's more of like a professional level like everything's way way more serious like um it's so fun don't get me wrong but so different from like my gyms like before I, I felt like I knew how to train when I was like training within the two years at Lancaster but then once I went to Northridge I felt like I learned a whole new way of training like it was like a shock like <laughs> I was, like new like man we were doing like a lot of rounds doing a lot of like drills it was like what I really wanted to do so it's like I was happy when I got there yeah that I mean that's uh, like like Danny was just saying that's such a such an incredible and unlike Homilo is such an incredible coach too. I, I feel like he, I remember I've had a lot of experiences just kind of being around him being and like at tournaments and stuff. And like the kind of environment I can tell he promotes. I mean, look at you, you have the confidence to uh, open your own gym. I'm sure that he's probably taught you a lot and he was under Dracolino as well. So like that kind of lineage, it's gotta be super, super cool. And I see all the killers he's produced too, you know, like Edward Najmi and like uh, Danny was saying. No, for sure. For sure, he's an amazing coach or amazing professor. For sure, I, I learned so much throughout. The, like, I was there at the gym for since like 2014, 2014. So like, still, and it's like amazing. So many years now, like, and I feel like I'm still learning like new stuff all the time. Pretty That's nice. awesome. That so having like all those tough guys there, I'm sure there's a lot of days that are pretty rough. Like if you're going with Edwin and then Amalo sure. and Argus, <laughs> like back to back. I'm sure it's fun, but at the same time, they're probably putting tons of pressure on you, and it's it's really tough. So, like, what advice do you have for someone who, you know, they're having like really hard rounds all the time? Like, maybe they're not rolling with just like blue like blue belts or white belts or whatever, and like every round is challenging because I think that can be mentally like draining for some people. For sure, it's mentally draining, but I think when you're doing this, you need to do more sessions. So basically, you have your round like your sessions where you get beat up, your sessions where you have wars, and your sessions where like you do the beat up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then it's like you don't really get discouraged and your technique is like getting better in all areas, like like your, your defense, your offense. And just when you have wars, it's more about like will, too. I feel like. Yeah, it for sure. It's a very interesting way to put it, too. I feel like like that's probably something a lot of people feel but aren't able to articulate very well. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, everybody has those roles. And I'm and like I have those roles where sometimes I'm like, dude, I hated that entire process. Like that was such a bad <laughs> Like that was not fun at like even a little bit, but they're important to have because dude, I mean, we both, we both competed very recently. A lot of parts of fights and tournaments, it could be like, okay, cool. I went technique for technique and it worked out for me. And then sometimes you're like, all right, I was not athletic enough to handle that situation. That happens so often. Honestly, that was my biggest downfall, like the athleticism. Like I need to like up that for sure. (laughs) Oh man. My, my instructor has pretty much, he, uh, his name's Andre Maracaba and he, he's very good at articulating me because like, you know, I'm sure that like once, once you're spent enough time around your professor, your professor realizes like, okay, I don't need to articulate this to him. Like he's a new student. I can, I can be like, Hey, listen, you're being an idiot kind of, you know? So my, (laughs) my professor's like, Jake, listen, you're not super duper athletic. Like you're athletic. But if you think that you're going to keep up with Ronaldo, you're kind of dumb. And I'm like, okay, for sure, coach. So what are you getting at? And he's like, so stop trying to do that. And I'm like, okay. So from that day forward, I thought, how am I going to make myself more like viable in these kind of fights? And the thing I started out with was I'm just going to try to make grips that kill movement as often as I can. And I, uh, at American Nationals, I think that's probably the lamest – not the lamest. That's probably the slowest I've moved in tournament ever. 
And I fought Gabriel Meta and I fought Josh McKinney and those guys were trying to move on me and I felt like I was able to kind of slow it down. But that's the kind of like weird, I don't know how I would say like, this is going to lead into my question. Just just give me a second to formulate my thoughts because it's hard for me. You know, my brain doesn't work too well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's kind of the progression that I've had to make with my own jujitsu lately. My question to you is from the time that you, because you've, you've trained at Northridge since when? Since you were white belt? No, blue belt, blue belt. Okay, so when you were blue belt. Compared to the progression you felt from blue belt to black belt at Northridge and now as a coach, what are some of the things you've learned through coaching that have helped you in tournament? Because I think that you learn a a certain amount of jiu-jitsu as a coach, and then people will, like, evolve in a different way. Like, I've evolved in a different way from being a coach, and it's helped my jiu-jitsu. In what ways has coaching helped your jiu-jitsu? What ways coaching has helped my jiu-jitsu? I would say, like, in the – being patient I, I feel like and then also like like uh understanding that man losses happen i feel like when you're coaching yeah, people yeah. like you realize like you see like how they act like when kids like let's say kids like let's say they're battling it out and let's say it's their training session but they think yeah. it's like a tournament for sure so when one loses they get upset mm-hmm. so then, like you see like why and then like you start to understand like should they really be upset during this moment no then you go see them in tournaments and the same they lose but then it's not really a big loss like you still win at the end it's yeah. like it's like what they always say about like you always learn. I think that's a huge thing for sure. So I feel like I always like, try to apply that to myself because I feel like for me when I compete, like I'm always like tough on myself and I'm like I don't know like so like um not wanting to lose. So then I don't even really express like I don't really like uh fight to my fullest. I feel like yeah, it's like staying tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of want to go back because I-, I thought Jake made an interesting point and you kind of commented on it but jake was saying how he's like not athletic and kind of had a strategy for like adapting to that and you kind of said you want to improve your athleticism too so like for someone who's not a super athlete who can't you know they're not like nfl or nba caliber and they want to reach a high level in jujitsu like what are some tips you would have for those type of people um just train a lot honestly so your technique gets like up there like i'll say like what i said earlier train like as many sessions as you can because then when you start like training when you're dead your technique, I feel like, rises even more. Like, let's say you're training, like, three sessions a day. So those three sessions a day by the night training, you're going to be going, obviously, like, in the morning, you're going to be going, like, war. Midday, you're going to be, like, ready dead from the war. So then you're going to have, like, another set of wars, like, because in the morning, it's, like, beatdowns, war. And then noon, I guess, would be, like, your war, because you're going to be ready dead. Then night training, you get a little rest. And then you're going to be, like, doing better. And then you're going to be choosing your rounds, too. So it's, like, your offense training, too. So yeah. then your technique is going to get better and better without the athleticism just because, like, you're going to be dead. You don't have, like, much push anymore, much, like, speed. So it's basically just, like, getting used to not having those physical attributes and just being able to replace that with technique. Yeah, but I feel like that's, that helps for the jiu-jitsu-wise, for your jiu-jitsu to improve. I feel like for – this is, like, different mindset now. Um, for competing-wise, you're going to have to learn how to compete with your strength and with your speed. Mm-hmm. So then I feel – I'm still, like, developing it myself, like, trying to, like, figure out, like – what works for me like to see where i could perform my best so i'm still figuring it out too I don't like, know, like strength and conditioning wise and stuff like exactly. that yeah because one, one way um one one thing is like let's say being a jiu-jitsu practitioner versus an athlete a jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. athlete i think two different things right there yep yeah i could definitely agree and you know dude it's your first year of black belt too that's what's crazy they're like i feel like you know you're a naturally competitive guy 
So it, and this is something I struggled with as well. And I still do is like giving yourself a little more credit, you know, cause are uh, how many you've been a black, this is your first year. First year. Yeah. I got first year. You have eight fights at black belt, dude. Like imagine when you have, you know, 150, <laughs> like some people like, so, like Hudson Mateus has like 200 black belt fights Ooh. and it's like his third year. And it's like, think about the fact that, you know, Hamilo has been black belt for like ever, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's crazy. Like, you know, we, we, we were competitive and we want to be good like now, but it's just not, I, it's just weird. Like having to slow down and be like, all right, all right, all right, all right I get it. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I need more time, whatever, God, you know, <laughs> Oh, for sure it's a whole new phase honestly like getting black belt it's like you start you start all over again it it's is crazy. it's really like you just start learning jujitsu yeah honestly it's crazy like there's people who like who do really good in the first year it's amazing like honestly i'm like always like amazed like it's like pretty cool to me yeah, yeah it's, cool. It's, it's crazy so another thing i wanted to ask you too since you're in that such a high level room is like can you name one person who you feel like influenced you technically the most and then maybe one person who influenced you like as an inspiration while you were coming up maybe you just watch them or something um but yeah just one person who influenced like your technique the most and then one person who just inspired you the most man inspired i'll give it to homo because man he he has like the best work ethic ever like the best ever like it's insane like like let's say if i would be sitting out like uh because like, i'm sick like really bad or let's say i have like a really bad skin infection or something like that and i'm sitting out and i watch homo train like it's it's super cool to watch that it's like insane and then uh um, cool. one person who helps me or like what was the second one like the most the person who's had the most influence on your technique like your specific game on my technique on my specific game i would say gabriel probably gabriel that's awesome. Arges? Yeah, he has an amazing guard, honestly. It's pretty sick to watch. Like, when he's also training, like, he's the most technical guy in the room. Like, it's pretty sick. Like, um, when you're training with him and when you're, like, like you could be watching him, yeah. He has the best awesome. for sure. He took my back and he choked me, dude. <laughs> he choked the piss out of me. Like, he, it wasn't even, like, I, 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 I he told me he was going to play CS with me and he freaking didn't, which is <laughs> ridiculous. I'm still upset. But, uh, yeah, dude, that guy, like, I, I feel like in our fight, I made, like, a tiny little error, and I ate it. Like, I ate the whole error. Like, it was a tiny grip switch, and he took my back and choked me. And that's the moment I realized, like, oh, there's levels to this. <laughs> oh, that sucks. There's, like, a – there is, like, a big skill gap here. <laughs> but I, I was, it made me happy because I was like, oh, now I know. But it would have been nice to just get, like, a gentle reminder rather than, you know, get my whole life – flashing before my eyes yeah i've heard keenan say multiple times that gabriel's the most technical guy he's ever trained with which mm -hmm. is crazy considering all the guys he's trained with yeah so what's it like what's it like training with with gabriel when you roll with him dude i don't i just don't understand what's happening like, <laughs> like wait a minute what yeah there's times where he like he goes like light for sure so like i could see like what's going on but then there's times where like i really don't understand what's happening <laughs> he just like beats me up <laughs> there's yeah, the, like he's got a super a unique unique game too like i don't feel like there's anyone else's style who who mimics him no for sure i, I i'm trying to think of somebody but no i don't think of anybody yeah no it's uh one thing that i noticed is it's uh like, like, I made a huge mistake going to 
mm-hmm. that may sound like a whatever, you know, uh, okay, but it really was because he is really, really good from there. And, yeah. and like, like that's like his, one of his best places. And mm-hmm. I've made a big effort to improve. But one thing I noticed in the match is he's very, very particular with what he's doing at any given time. You know, it's not like there's never like white noise. Like there's some fighters where I feel like there's big moment here, big moment here, big moment there. But in between, it can be kind of like whatever, you know, some of the, like the new age passers who are just like, you know, working out really hard and they're able to move all the time and they're passing just kind of crazy. And, and then it works. Um even people like Leandro Lowe, I feel like it's like a big explosion and it works out and you're like, all right, cool. That was, you know, that was a good technique pass, but it was athletic. I feel like Gabriel's like knows exactly what every one of his grips are doing at every time. So there's no white noise. There's no in-between area that you can't uh, learn from. And that's why it's, he's probably so freaking technical is because there's always a plan. There's always something going on in that guy's head when he is grappling that makes you think like, okay, damn it. Like I can't mess up here even a little bit. Otherwise I'm going to eat it, you know? Yeah, we should have known that back then. <laughs> it would have been nice <laughs> to know that like mid fight, but <laughs> I did. That's funny. So I want to get into a little bit of your like competition history too. So you, you went to Northridge and you were blue belt. Um, mm-hmm. So you got your purple, brown and black from Hamelo. Um, what were, what was like the first competition that you won where you were like, oh, this is big. Like I'm actually doing pretty good where i won oh man well like since what since the start like when i was blue belt since since getting to northridge and like realizing you wanted to do jiu-jitsu as a career man honestly i feel like i never had like a big win yet like, really I, yeah i still don't interesting I can't see a big win but i've seen opportunities where i'm like i feel like i'm able to get the big win soon so that's what like keeps mm-hmm. me going but i haven't seen so a big you- for me. You didn't consider uh, Nogi Worlds a big win? Honestly, I feel like um, I wasn't like in a good like because um, like I when I when I did Nogi Worlds, I had surgery recently. I had uh, surgery on my left knee because I had my meniscus tear. Oh so wow! Back, I wasn't like fully confident. I just felt like I I competed without like really like um, like a lot of passion for it, like a lot of like care. Like I competed for sure. I wanted it. Don't get me wrong, but like. Mm-hmm different like different from all the other years like i feel like every other year like whenever i competed like the worlds like anything like i would lose first match but like i'd want it like so bad and i felt like good about myself but this one i, I competed i wanted it but like because always deep down i still want it but i didn't have the same energy towards it so i still didn't feel like it was the best but it was still a great day for me like i was pretty happy no matter what yeah, I remember watching your division, and your final was against uh, Kevin Carrasco, who we had on the podcast, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe. He's yeah. re- really good jiu-jitsu, but do you want to talk about that match? Because that was a crazy match. <laughs> yeah, that match was pretty pretty nice. I feel uh, he, he beat my friend Elijah first round of that tournament, so that's how I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Like, now we made because me and Elijah, we're planning on, do um, you guys know Elijah Tagalog? He's a black Yeah, he fought, uh, he fought Josh uh, Cisneros at Pans yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> So uh, honestly, me and Elijah were planning to close out that that year, but um, Kevin beat him first round. So then I was like, oh, okay. So now I fought Kevin. Then when I fought Kevin, it was a super tight match. It was only by advantage. Dang, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, cool. I remember there was that crazy scramble at the end that Flo yeah. kept reposting. Oh yeah, yeah. He <laughs> shot a double. Then we went to the like, to the edge. <laughs> that's nuts. Easy. It's crazy that you did that. You accomplished that after tearing your meniscus and having surgery. 
Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't really want to get the surgery, it's just, but it kept, like, walking out every two seconds. Like, it was terrible. Like, I had it earlier that year, actually, because I tore it, like, maybe in February, I think, last year. And then, like, I kept I kept it till, like, surgery was in July, I think. So then, yeah, I had the same the same one. And, I've like, of all the research I've read, they say that you should only have the surgery when it starts locking. And mine started locking, and like you said, yours did, too. <laughs> so it's kind of, so you kind of have to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's so sensitive. Like when it starts locking, like I feel like it locked every other like second. Like let's say if I bend my leg, it locks. Yeah, let's say yeah. I was walking, like and I took a weird hard step, it locks. Like it was very annoying. <laughs> Man, yeah, that sounds annoying. And it also sounds kind of scary too, to be honest. For sure, dude, it's so scary. Like, man, such I, I a so weird scared. feeling. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys have to go through that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's bizarre. So it sounds like you've had some some pretty bad injuries. You mentioned the meniscus, and then your other knee had the ACL. Like, what what are some of the things you do when you're injured and you can't train, like to keep growing while you can't actually like roll with people? Well, this year uh, when I tore my meniscus and my ACL, I I honestly didn't know I tore my ACL. I just felt like I was like, oh okay, this feels like it's a meniscus tear. Like I felt like I felt like I knew what that felt like now. So mm-hmm. I so then i just said oh it's not as bad because i didn't really feel it locking out i just didn't want to do any passing or like any takedowns guys i heard it during wrestling like i was wrestling and then i heard it so then after that i i took a week off from like full-on training and then the week after i was still training but like guard only guard because i didn't really want to use my leg but the funny thing now is i feel better passing instead of playing guard right now interesting so you yeah. basically just w- worked around it for the most part, just found what you could do and just focused on those areas. Exactly, yeah. And then also I was doing like rehab stuff, like band workouts. And now I'm doing like weights. So now it's like, I feel like it's getting better. Like I, I don't feel it at all. Well, okay, like good. Well, the other day I went running and I felt it, but that's it. It's only because I went running. <laughs> yeah. Doing was, something uh, different. <laughs> so I don't know if you, I don't know if you went over this yet. I'd have to remember, but. It, what grade tear is it? Like, do you know if it's like it's a, uh, the ACL is grade three and, um, the meniscus, let me read it. I'll show you right now. Just like a login. So, uh, what is a grade three, uh, tear? Is it like all the way through? That, that's what they said. It's like, um, grade three is tears all the way through, but I, my, I was talking to a surgeon, but it's like doctor, my, my doctor, um, let me see. Let me see. Let me sec. Great three tear ACL. Now I'm on Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Because I, I think depending on the grade of the tear, there's like surgery recommend. Like they will recommend that you do or do not have surgery based on the severity of the tear. Yeah, my my doctor said um he he feels it and he said it doesn't feel like um it's that that bad. So uh, he said it's also because like my muscles so like they help help protect it. I don't know. You're saying he just said to build my hamstring a bit more. Let me see. you know what yeah where is it i don't have my guitar with me i did get this gift though while Paige was looking that up i got this gift shout out to lisa cheatham this is called an air guitar now this little knickknack actually doesn't work very well but uh this gift was actually not great no it was a pretty good gift it's nice because it's a it's it's like it's just a toy so like if i turn this thing on and i hold the chord that I want to play, it'll play the chord, kind of. So that's a C chord. This is a D chord. This is an E chord. 
And this is a this is the open musical cast where we uh, take little <laughs> times for uh, because this is an important question. So we are giving Pedro the time, but uh, do not buy this toy. This is uh, <laughs> this is a gift for my birthday from a loving woman named Lisa Cheatham who got me this gift because it is a funny knickknack. Uh, she said she laughed when she saw it, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, Inspire Music, you made a horribly ineffective product. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely appalled that you put this on a shelf and you put a price tag on it. So, so uh, back to Pedro. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so my ACL is a grade three tear, and then the meniscus is a medial meniscus, horizontal oblique tear, and the posterior horn. So, but this medial meniscus, this meniscus tear, honestly, I don't feel it like the other one since like last year. The other one was really bad. Like, so. Yeah, was your other one a, a bucket handle where it flipped? Um, I'm not sure if it was a bucket handle. I, I don't remember, but I just know it was like locking every other second. It was terrible. Yeah, that's cool. it sucks. Yeah. Were, were those the the two biggest injuries that you had in jujitsu? Yeah, for sure. I yeah, for sure the biggest injury was the I say the meniscus last year. I think that's bigger than what's happening now with my like ACL meniscus. Because at least now, like I, I'm like okay, I could train. Um, the medial meniscus last year, like every second I was trying to train, it just kept locking out, and I kept trying to like force it, like, like to be normal again. <laughs> that sucks, man. I know it's rough, but yeah. it's fine right now. Honestly, I feel good, pretty good right now. Not really good. <laughs> so do you, so you're not like a huge guy. You compete in like light feather, right? Normally. Yeah, light feather. So a lot of the guys that we were talking about at Hummels, they're, they're pretty big guys. They're, they're at least significantly bigger than you. <laughs> sure. So what, what's your advice for people who don't – I'm sure you have lighter guys to train with too, but for, for people who don't have people their size to train with, what's your advice for rolling with bigger people? Um, honestly, I don't have no specific advice for rolling with bigger people. I just – I think it's good, honestly. I think you should be able to roll with bigger people, um, but like – safe safely like you take care of yourself like you're not gonna go like crazy and like to get hurt like yeah like, like let's say if i'm playing with rolling somebody bigger like um i'll be focusing on guard and sweeps let's say let's say um i wouldn't really shoot too much like takedowns so i feel like that's where the injuries could probably happen to yeah um yeah besides that i'll just be playing more guard trying to sweep and then start passing once i have the sweep so like i'm ready on top but if it's like a situation where i have to get the person down then i'll just pull for sure <laughs> yeah so have you fought in the open class a lot i used to honestly i used to i used to like doing the open class a lot like i had like not like huge success but like i still liked it i felt like it was always good i like i would i would do it now but it's rough like the other day uh not the other day the the beginning of the year uh, i competed i think it was fresno and then i did the open weight man i got beat up by this um <laughs> this one guy i forgot his name but i got beat up bad like bad he smashed me <laughs> like a heavyweight i probably mm -hmm. i think the open's kind of fun i know it's like it's definitely different for me because i'm medium heavyweight but like there's something i mean at black blood it's different but when you were a colored belt if you got to the open it was like a reward because you want you did well in your division like hey i got third in my division i earned the open at black blood i could just sign up when i get there you know like like <laughs> i get to this like this year at american nationals i signed up before i even fought in my division and that was like kind of like I thought about it. I was like, man, it's like the thrill is gone. You know, I still want to compete in the open. It's still fun. But like I didn't earn it. I yeah. just kind of did it. Like I just kind of went out there. I was like, yeah, do it. You know, so I thought about that. that was, I don't know. It was a funny thought I had. Danny doesn't think I'm funny. <laughs> I 
do. I promise. So, Pedro, you, you mentioned that you don't usually do well in the Open, but I was watching some of your matches like the last couple of days just leading up to the interview, and I saw that you beat Matias Luna at Brown Belt in the Open. So yeah. you want to talk, you want to talk about that match? Because that's definitely a big win. You did well in the Open that day. <laughs> Dude, no, yeah, for sure. That that day was a good day for me, for sure. Like, okay, I'm like, I think I'm too like rough on myself. But like, okay, I yeah. did Opens. But um, him, man, I was getting beat up the whole fight. <laughs> like, I think he uh, had me in knee slice position, like where he was like passing my guard, like head and arm probably, I think, like smashing. I just had his leg. And then all of a sudden, like, I had, I think it was a lapel grip around his leg, but while he had the underhook, and then I found some space to go to, like, like, um, like a reverse De La Hiva type of roll, like inside, like, um, what's it called? Kiss of the Dragon, Dragon kind of roll. So I went to Kiss of the Dragon, but I didn't really get underneath. All I mm -hmm. did was, like, knock his base off. So then he had a rebase. Re then when he rebased, I kicked back for the X guard. Then I got on top. Or he ran out of bounds. So then once he ran out of bounds, I got my my two. So then I won with that. Because we were tied 2-2 at that point, and then I won by the advantage because I got up from the from the double guard pool. Yeah, that is such a <laughs> that's such a hard match too. Like I fought him before. Have you had you noticed? Do you think that fighting the the Luna brothers is a kind? It's almost like uh, like fighting you're fighting the refs too a little bit because they're so smart with the rules. No, like that's not an insult. That's no, like they're no, really I, smart I know, with the rules. Yeah. But that's what it feels like, man. Like you have you have to like, man, you got to be thinking so far ahead. It feels like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I felt like in that moment, I was like more like um, just focus on his technique because his his passing so good and he's so like lanky, so long. Dude, I felt like um, he was gonna pass any second. I, I was just like fighting hard in the beginning to recover, recover, and all I got to recover was the foot. Then he'll smash. Mm -hmm. That's sort of smash in the beginning. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. I thought Definitely. your guard retention looked really good in that match because I, I know that's a position that I go with is like when people are like have good heavy pressure on top and i'm trying to play reverse del Hiva. it's always difficult for me and i just want to get out of the position <laughs> but you did a really good job holding it and then you know eventually transitioning to the x guard and sweeping thanks thank you yeah, yeah. Was, that, that fight was actually one of my favorite fights because like um because like that's the first time i beat somebody with like who was like no like who's tough because i think earlier that year he was purple belt probably earlier that year right when was a uh, VGJ Pro. I think VGJ Pro is like November, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I think he was Pro Bowl World Champion, right? Either way. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Wait, like, Machias has won Pro Bowl Worlds? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Man, I, I know one year he got second to a guy who was training with us at uh, Novo Nyao. But I don't know if he ever won, too. I'm sure he won a different year. But yeah, I remember watching him in the final against one of the Novo Nyao guys that was training with us prior to the the tournament i think that was a good day for me actually because like yeah i think he did win worlds and then i remember uh, i also beat lucas lucas batista he won worlds too as purple belt lucas oh batista? from from uh aoj right from AOJ, yeah so i fought him twice that day and then like i beat him twice and then i beat luna twice i remember i was so happy with myself because like they're both world champion yeah that's yeah, crazy that <laughs> those are two big wins especially like at that point in time too no for sure because it was a light feather world champion and the feather world champion I think Matias did uh, Feather that year. Which is crazy because he does like middle heavy now, right? So huge, yeah. He's huge. <laughs> but he's, he's sick. Honestly, I like Like him. how did that guy ever weigh the same as me? <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Nuts. <laughs> mm -hmm. So do you have any other moments in tournaments? Like no, we talked about Nogi Worlds and then that open class final. Any other big matches? Like maybe it wasn't against a world champion, but other matches that kind of gave you confidence and helped you to, you know, just keep on the journey to become what you are now. 
Like, like, um, no, I can't really think of any, any like big, big moment where it actually changed besides that one. I felt like that was the biggest one. Maybe against Lucas, the first fight I had that day with him, like that, because it was a rep decision, and mm-hmm. I was like, I usually lose all my rep decisions, like, all, <laughs> all, like, but I can understand. But that was like the first time I got it, so that that was a really eye opener for me. Like, I was like, whoa, I could do it. Yeah, that's. And that's that's not something that's too dissimilar from how I feel about ref decisions. I've not I haven't been uh, incredibly lucky with ref decisions my whole career, but I think that just that's everybody though. You know, we could sit here and complain. I could sit here and complain about it. That's something I used to do. Is like I used to really think like, man, I never win ref decisions because I'm not American or whatever. Like, like that's just. I think that that's like you know. I don't I don't think that plays wrong. I think it's it just like if you're yeah. able to push, you should be able to get it. Like, yeah, I don't mean exactly. It, I, I just mean uh, in the way where like um like let's say if I'm like close to like winning like actually winning and then like let's say I lose uh, like a rough decision like uh, it's like good to know that like oh I finally got one I won one like a title like a good title mm-hmm. yeah no that's not what I was saying I was just saying like I was kind of taking a tangent being like I used to complain about rough decisions but like mm-hmm. it's just a part of the game you know what I mean and if anything it's error than just being like all right cool draw both y'all are out you know like <laughs> i'd rather not, it not be like that um sure. you've had a very colorful career though man i feel like i've seen you compete since about purple ball like we've been just around always competing and i never uh, got to see a lot of these matches but it looks like i'm gonna have to boot up flow and watch these uh on the next edition of open swole cast with danny we're gonna have to have these on because we love to like we love to catch up like every guest we have on we like to be really invested in trying to like you know promote their career and everything but uh i feel like one of the there's probably like the third time i had seen you compete honestly was this last weekend and i noticed that i noticed that you're very quick you know what i mean i saw you do uh this back take uh from a stack that i i I think i nearly shit myself uh (laughs) watching this because i'm i'm like about to fight josh mckinney and the final and then it was on the same mat right oh no no i'm about to fight uh gabrielle i think and uh and it was on the same mat yeah because i remember watching staying on that screen on that Uh uh-huh and i and you took the back and i looked at the back quarter i was like did you see that (laughs) <laughs> and she was like, "Now let's see the what they do." I'm like, "Man, pay attention!" Like, I was sick. <laughs> and then Al Teague walks by. He's like, "Oh, that was that was smooth." And I was like, "Yeah, fucking take a video." How? Dang it, I cursed. Cursed on air. Jeez, <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> but yeah, it was really nice, dude. I just wanted to comment on that. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> so you've, you've done really well in in IBJJF. Have you had the opportunity to do any like fight to wins or any any other type of super fight events? Dude, no. I was before I was trying to get on on those, like when I was like more color belts, but never had opportunity to. I had one opportunity, but another injury occurred where I wasn't able to do it anymore. I had to pull out. I think it was like purple belt where I had to pull out. But that would have been my first fight to win. But I never done a fight to win ever. Like, Jake, I don't really, know. never you once. A good word, Jake. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna put in a good word. Sweet. <laughs> my goodness, Dude, never <laughs> once. You've never once done a fight to yeah. win. Never. Yeah. Man, it's a blast. Yeah, that's that's comment. crazy to me that you've never done it. Yeah, you're like the a great fighter for that for that uh promotion. You'd be great. I guarantee Seth would be like, oh yeah, sure. Cause like, wait, where where, where are you living? You're living in California right now? Yeah, in North Northridge. Oh, so like, okay, cool. So close, but um, 
Yeah, damn. Yeah, I don't know how you haven't done that. Definitely gonna definitely gonna send uh, Seth Daniels a message. Be like, hey, listen, uh, you know, and we'll send you we'll send you an open guard cast patch. I'm just joking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, no, dude. Um, I don't know how you haven't. Yeah, definitely apply, and also I'll I'll send a message to Seth. Just let me know when you apply, and for sure you should go on that show. For sure, I think I've applied already. I'm not sure. I don't. Earlier, I applied for shit. Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind, like, f- there's like two thousand people applying for these shows. Yeah, that's true. So I think with a little bit of prodding from the outside, a media source going, "Hey, listen, bud," uh, might help Seth Daniel peel his crusty eyes away from a Google Doc and. <laughs> you know help help a help a brother out because he's looking for people like you who are exciting trying to push the pace they're not trying to you know stall out the entire fight like it's you're trying to push you're trying to push the pedal to the metal and get a submission that's the kind of people that that should go on fight to win like sometimes fights don't work out and people get the wrong decision why because they're trying to abuse the rules or they're trying to you know stall or they're trying to be slow it's like man i've had to do that before but i don't like to I'm not out here, you know, just trying to stall every fight. Uh, and I don't think you are either. So those are the kind of fighters that Seth wants on. And you could just, he could just open flow grappling and watch two matches at American Nationals and be like, all right, cool. I want Pedro on my show. Plus, what he fight, Danny? I mean, you're, what division do you fight, IBJJF? Uh, Light Feather, 141. But honestly, I'm walking around like 150, maybe. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you could probably fight some of the featherweights, or you could probably go sure. anywhere from 135 to 150. Probably that's a pretty big range of guys. At Black oh, dude, Belt. all exciting so, too. Yeah, right? exactly. We've already had a match exactly. with Lucas Pinheiro, so we know that the range, the range of that, like the light feather competitors, we got a lot of got a lot of options to make awesome matchups from. And there's some black belts that like fight super fight shows only that you could definitely open up and fight them first. And yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna work. We're gonna work it. <laughs> I'll work, uh, I'm gonna work my open guard cast charm. I said Daniel's swooned to uh, hopefully that would be that would be you know he could just say Jake you know shut up and then I'd be like oh, and then I'll like, message him and then he'll tell me to shut and then up. Then he'll go who are you who are you <laughs> yeah who are you <laughs> apparently he doesn't know who's Danny this nerd? It's like this guy look what he's 22 year old kid <laughs> just ask me he could be on a commentator for my show what's that all about. But, um, yeah, no, we'll definitely, I'll talk to Seth and, uh, I, I definitely want to see you fight on fight to win. There's some people who I feel like they should have fought on fight to win like five times by now, but they haven't. So yeah, it's about time that, you know, some people get their freaking due, their due diligence. You know what I mean? <laughs> they go out on that show. They have a good time. Like, come on. Do you have an opinion on the, uh, the fight to win rule set? Uh, what do you mean opinion? Like, do I like it? Yeah. Like, do you think, cause some people prefer IBJJF some people fight to win um but like w- what's your opinion on how those matches typically go down and just the rule set in general I, I think it's fine I think it's always fine to have like new rule sets and just like jump in everywhere so I'm like I think it's cool for a fight to win to do their thing mm. that's good it's like a good change yeah a lot of people think <laughs> yeah. it's weird a lot of people think it's super duper weird I'm over here like it's not super it's not a super complicated rule set that's what I'm like my opinion of it is a lot of people don't like the fact that like there's a hidden scoreboard or you know footlocks count for points, but man, people complain about every rule set and people use every rule set to their advantage. So you might as well just try to go for submissions the whole time because that's the, all Seth says really. He's like, yeah, listen, just go for submissions. Right? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Just like attempt your submissions and that's it. If you attempt more submissions, you're gonna win. Yeah. It's kind of primal. It's kind of like a doi doi rule set, you know. 
fight to win, like fight to submit. And I get that that's kind of like, you know, it can be contrary to how jujitsu progresses, such as like I've seen, you know, Ethan Krellinson. When Ethan Krellinson lost to uh, Ty Rotolo, Ty Rotolo yeah. was it Ty? Yeah, yeah, it was Ty. Yeah, that was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that was a that was a horrible robbery, right? But that is like in that therein lies the flaw with the rule set, where I mean, it should be there should be a gray area where like okay if a guy gets his guard passed eight times in a match and the other guy went for one triangle, that that's crap, yeah. man like that, who dominated the fight you know we gotta have refs that are able to kind of be like all right listen I get it like we you know duh but come on. Can just, yeah, can I, was, just I was thinking about drive. the rule set a little bit uh, the other day, and I was thinking like people complain about how people go for footlocks at the end to try to score the point, but it's kind of the IBJJF equivalent of putting someone into 50-50 just to get the sweep. Like you can kind of get stuck in both those positions, and they're both places where you can like score from, score in air quotes for fight to win. But um, does that make sense to you guys, or am I stupid? No, you're not <laughs> rambling. You're definitely not stupid neither. Um, <laughs> also, you're handsome, but. Uh, <laughs> People are gonna think that like there's like some kind of weird gay thing going on eventually, <laughs> but um, no, dude. Uh, <laughs> make Pedro uncomfortable. Um, I was like, why? No. Why did I come on? I'm just like imagining like, they're in the same room right now, like different screens in the same room. We have to create the like of a like oh damn Jake's Christian thing was a lie. Uh, I'm gonna create my background, just have Jake's picture like on the back <laughs> instead of the open guard cast symbol. Lord, um, <laughs> uh, what did like, I too do? far? It's an awful tangent. I don't even like this tangent. Um, but you know what's funny is I totally forgot what the hell we were even talking about because of that tangent. What, what was the question? Uh, yes, fight to win. Um, and the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my opinion is uh that I think the rules are fine. It's like the application and the refereeing is the problem. The rules are not the problem. I think if anything, the rules are trying to bridge the gap between points and no points. Obviously, I don't think anybody can argue that the most pure rule set is submission only no time limit. But then you can even like you can even cheat that a little bit and just do nothing the whole fight until the last like, you know, little bit so it's like dude i get tired yeah whatever you know what i mean but every rule set has some way that people are gonna gonna um mess with it or some way that they're gonna exploit it for their own abilities i just think it's a matter of like how how what kind of fighters are you putting on your show instead of like because like the third coast grappling people they are convinced that they have the best rule set and I'm like, it's not the rule set. It's the fighters. You know what I mean? If we get like a page, if, if our fight card is a Pedro Serrano and then it's a Roberto Jimenez and then it's freaking one of the Orande brothers and Jake then it's Walker. like, nah, not me. I suck. <laughs> uh, we're not going to have a boring show because it's like these guys don't fight lame. If you get a bunch of lame fight, like lame for lack of a better word. You get a bunch of lame fighters on your show who are going to try to, you know, do absolutely nothing the whole fight. Of course nothing's going to happen because that's what they do. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the f- – I think if you want an exciting show, get exciting fighters. That's my opinion. You know what I mean? We can spend all time – we can spend all the uh, time in the world trying to come up with a great rule set. But the reality is that do whatever you want. It's not going to make the biggest difference. It's the fighters in my opinion. I can see that. <sighs> I said the truth in that. Half, sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree too. Um, so Pedro, do you want to talk about uh, your goals that you have both as a competitor and for your academy? Uh, goals for my academy, honestly, I, I just wanted to grow more so then we could like um, help more people out because I want to like start like um, kind of like giving back like to people who actually want to do jujitsu. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to like, like, this feels great. So I want to give that feeling to everybody else. Like, oh, you can do this like for a living. And then yeah. for honestly like before i was like um slowing down just because of the whole year it's like rough but now i'm like picking back up so i'm getting like like uh like uh emotional again like a happy like happy wise like like pushing more so that's like another thing for me did you feel like american nationals was a big a big part of that a big part of you like wanting to get back into more hard competition training and into bigger tournaments yeah honestly american nationals i just decided to jump in i didn't really like um put all I could into it, but I felt like after the, the results, dude, I'm like so much more like happy now. I'm gonna give more, like I'm pushing more now. Cause before like I'm telling you, like I had a rough year, like <laughs> a rough yeah. year and like yeah, I was slowing down a lot. And now, now that gave me more motivation cause I didn't feel my leg at all. I'm like, fine. I feel really good like training. I feel good. I just been training less, but like feeling good. Like now I should be training more now. I, like I don't have excuse now. That's Makes awesome. me happy to hear. And you know, dude, I love that you said you want to give back. I love that you said that you want to give more people the opportunity to do jujitsu. And to be honest, like right right now, this is episode 63 of the Open Guard cast, all right? But Danny and I have goals. We were talking about Kevin, this with Kevin Bradley last week, kind of like some of the things we want to do. But we didn't get too involved in it because we were too busy doing Star Wars impressions. So <laughs> we, man, we have this these goals, to open up different ways in the community that we can improve the well-being and the lives of people legitimately through jiu-jitsu and through like different things that we can do in jiu-jitsu. And one thing that I believe in is that you're not just a jiu-jitsu athlete, Pedro. Neither is Danny, neither am I. We have different talents and different gifts that have been given to us through whatever. I mean, I, I believe in God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, I think that you could be – we could all be using that to literally – in our small little 1% of the population of people in the world do jiu-jitsu niche that we have, we could literally start incredible movements to heal the world. And I, I'm telling you, dude, whenever you get inspired to open up programs or open up anything like that to improve the well-being of the people around you, contact us and we'll help. Literally. And if you are listening to this, you've been a guest on the Open Guard cast, you're listening to this, you're just a guy who wants to get involved in helping people out and being a good benefactor of the community and doing whatever to help the well-being of other people, contact us. We'll do freaking we'll have a conversation to do whatever we can to help because, man, it's not just it's not just about, you know, sitting here and talking about jujitsu for an hour and some change. It's about, you know, making a difference, literally. So contact us, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sure. Course, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it's been about an hour, and uh, I feel like your story is, is really cool. I mean, everything you just went through the, just this past year is just super inspiring to get through all that and to still be competing and having your gym during such a crazy time. So we just want to thank you for coming on and um, for all the work that you put into the sport and just for giving back to other people. Dude, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the, the entire thing. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Do you have any, any uh, sponsors or anyone you want to thank or shout out? Um, just want to thank like, um, everybody like at GBN, like Homo and everybody. Cause like, honestly, like uh, they gave me a great opportunity. They gave me like, mm-hmm. like a great outlet, like what I could do for my life. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's like cool. Cause like before it was like, I always wanted to do jujitsu and that like 
training under him, I felt like I opened with so many doors. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's really cool, man. Good vibes at the end of this Open Guardcast episode. (laughs) Your turn for sponsors, Jake. All right. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you can use a see that big build up for nothing. Yeah, I'm not going (laughs) to. Sorry. The good vibes can't. I can't go into dark Darth Vader voice. You know, uh, you can use our election performance discount code, uh, open guard 25 for, um, your ability to get nice and thick for the holiday season. Um, you know, thick thighs save lives. Remember that. And we are saving lives election performance. Uh, use our discount code open guard 25 and do some squats. And uh, we want to thank Marcio Andre Academy, Maracaba BJJ, Chofit Cryo, high tier photography, agro brand, break new ground. And uh, we will have more news for you on super cool stuff coming up soon. Be t- uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the Open Guard Cast coming to a theater near you. We are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all these other podcast platforms I have no idea about. Um, uh, we want to thank Flow Grappling very much for uh, just the love that they gave us this last weekend as well. I forgot to tell Danny, but they said they love us. And uh, Howell, dude, come on. All right. You freaking you, you beautiful, bald British man. Get on the show. Uh, and yeah, we just want to thank all you guys for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on any of those podcast platforms that I just freaking listed and, uh, stay sweet. See that, that reminds Jake me, uh, Jake did an interview with Flo after he won his division at nationals. So definitely check that out because he talks about the podcast too. <laughs> but I talked about Josh's first. I'm such a dummy. I should have been like, hey, like I'm like, hey, Josh has a podcast. They're like, you have a podcast too. I'm like, damn it, I do have a. Podcast. Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, Pedro, thank you so much, man. It was a, a pleasure having you on. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Man, awesome. So thanks everyone for listening. This was episode 63 with Pedro Serrano. Definitely check him out. Um, go to his Instagram page, follow him. Follow his academy. Um, you said it was called Ultra Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, Ultra Jiu-Jitsu. Ultra Jiu-Jitsu. So check check that academy out. And yeah, hopefully we can have you back on again. And hopefully one day we can make it out to train with you too. That would be awesome. For sure. You guys are welcome anytime. Santa Clarita. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Right. Awesome. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Episode 63. We will see you guys soon.